Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of two college athletes. He has a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 356 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This week's episode is an interview with Coach Barry Henson. Coach Henson is a repeat interviewee on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Back in episodes 239 and 240, I talked to Barry about recruiting, getting his insight from his 40 years of coaching college basketball. He coached at Oral Roberts University, Missouri State University, Kansas University, Southern Illinois University, and Oklahoma State University. Ten months ago, Barry moved from working with the Oklahoma State Cowboys men's basketball team to being named the Associate Athletic Director and Director of NIL at Oklahoma State University. Today's episode will go longer than the normal 15-minute episodes, and Coach Henson will give you some useful NIL, name, image, and likeness information. Let's go to the interview. Well, Barry, welcome to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about your new job there at Oklahoma State? I am now Associate Athletic Director in charge of name, image, and likeness, uh, which everybody refers to as NIL. Uh, I took this job probably 10 months ago. It's kind of unusual. uh, The Athletic Director asked to go to lunch with me one day, and I said, sure, thinking that we were just going to go have lunch. And he walks door with legal counsel, and I'm thinking, good Gracious, they're getting ready to fire me here in a public setting. So I was scared to death. He, he can see the look on my face. And I think he just said, hey, hey, we want to visit with you about something. And uh, they approached me about being the in charge of the NIL. And at that time, I didn't know enough about it. I was just like everybody else, uh, thinking it was a bad deal, bad deal for college athletics. And not only did I tell them no, I told them, hell no, I didn't want to do this job. It was basketball. After about uh, an hour and 45 meeting that afternoon, next to the legal counsel's pool, uh, sitting outside while my grandson swam. Uh, He convinced me to at least have enough courage to look into it and discuss it with my wife. And I did. And here we are 10 months later, and I'm now an associate athletic director, which is really different for me to say, because for 41 years, Brent, all I've done is be a coach. So I I think it's uh, it was a huge step and a huge decision for me. And it's not one that I regret, uh, but I do regret that I don't get to be around teaching basketball uh, like I used to. That's I would have to say that's the biggest regret I have. Well, and I heard you on a local interview here. Uh, you were a coach here at Missouri State uh, University, and that's where I met you. And I heard you say that you get to be around, uh, instead of 13 student-athletes daily, you get over 100 and some student-athletes that you get to uh, work with now. Yeah, actually, I get to be around about 572 of them. You know, it's kind of neat because, uh, you know, we're all coaches. We all have egos. And uh, uh, you, you enjoy being around kids uh, that recognize you as a coach. And I don't mind telling you, I, you know, my first name is Coach. It's it's Coach Henson. And uh, I, I feel like after 41 years, you've earned that, that honor. And certainly to me, it's a badge of honor to be called Coach. To me, it's in the same era as being a teacher, a Mr. or a Mrs., for all the coaches, for all the teachers out there, for all the educators, uh, I think we've earned that badge of honor to carry, and it means a lot to me. So when I'm at an equestrian meet, women's softball, cross country, baseball game, so- soccer, it- it's just nice when the kids run up and say, hey, Coach Henson, how you doing? And it means a lot to me. 
tell us, Barry, how did NIL come about in the college game? And uh, just tell us a little bit more about the uh, nuts and bolts of uh, name, image, and likeness. I think the story of the NIL is what actually sold me, Brent. I don't mind telling you that. Uh, I'm disappointed in myself as a coach because I was a part of that story, unaware that I was part of the story. But in 1995, there was a player at UCLA named Ed O'Bannon. And at that time, EA Sports used his image and his likeness on the front of a video game. Not only did they use Ed's, but they, you know, I know Blake Griffin here at Oklahoma was on the cover of one of them. And EA Sports and the NCAA made millions of dollars off these videos. Whereas the student athlete, their families made zero. As I go back, I remember specifically being there at Southwest Missouri State at the time. And I remember signing a contract for my name, image, and likeness to be used on a game. And along with all the other, at that time, I think it's 327 Division One coaches. And I got tickled. I was making the same amount of money as Mike Krzyzewski was making at Duke and, you know, Dean Smith. <laughs> yeah, I just, I thought that was kind of entertaining. I really think I made $78 or something like that. But it brought me back to realize that those student athletes weren't making anything. And that's not right. When you share the true story with people that the NCAA profited off the backs of these young men and women, I think it's an easier sell. Now, that's not to say, you know, most people will make the argument, well, they got a scholarship. They didn't get a scholarship from the NCAA. They got a scholarship from the institution. The money that was being made did not come out of the institution's pockets. The money that was being made went to the NCAA's pocket, but it did come out of the student-athlete's pockets. Let's put this in perspective. So let's go back to the days of Southwest Missouri State. Let's go back to the run and the Lady Bears when they went to the Final Four and all those young ladies. There's no doubt, and, you, and you've been about in the car industry all your life, I am absolutely convinced that your father or Ed Pinnegar at that time, without a doubt, and Lynn Thompson and George Thompson would have put Jackie Stiles possibly in a vehicle. And it would have paid great dividends for all three of your businesses because Jackie would have sold lots of cars. So what's the difference in a college athlete in Springfield, Missouri, or anywhere else in the country that is having a great career to be a spokesperson, just like you see LeBron James at night do a commercial for Sprite? Why can't it be a young lady that all of a sudden does a commercial for Domino's Pizza or does it for Rib Crib Barbecue or Buckingham's Barbecue or whatever, that they're able to do that? If they're able to make that business money and make themselves some money, that is just absolutely a great marriage in the NIL. Being part of the Chevy dealers, I said if I was still a part of that, I would probably ask to pool some money and say we're going to give X amount of dollars to baseball, X amount of dollars to football, X amount of dollars to tennis, whatever sport, instead of giving it to maybe advertising radio stations and stuff like that, which radio stations probably don't want to hear that, but you could give it directly to the students. I remember back uh, the Fab Five back in Michigan said that they would walk by and see people with their jerseys on and they didn't have enough money to buy their own jerseys. Well, for some of them, that's a correct statement. Uh, <laughs> uh, for some of them, it wasn't. But uh, I, I know that uh, Chris Weber came from an extremely, I don't want to say wealthy, but a well-to-do family right. and went to a very nice private school. But I will stick with what they said, that you're exactly right. And that's not right. It's not they, right they at all. They couldn't go get a job and, and, and to have pocket money, basically, at, back at that time. 
Absolutely. This is the one of the chords that it struck with me because I know as a basketball coach, I've had foreign players. And I'll go back to a kid that we had at uh, Southwest Missouri State, Missouri State named Dano Novak. And Dano was a, a kid that played for us. I don't know how many people know this, but in the United States, if you're an international student, you cannot work. Can't work for anybody. Can't make any money anywhere except on campus. And you can only work 20 hours a week. That's it. It's all your life. But we had a kid from Trinidad, Tobago. Didn't have a winter coat. First time he'd ever seen snow <laughs> is when we went to Peoria and we played Bradley. And here's a kid that couldn't buy or couldn't go get a job in order to do that because the jobs that they would have would be during school hours and they could only work 20 hours a week. Most of the time you're going to class, practice, or you're in an academic center and you're not available to do that. So NIL has really helped international students. Uh, the rules are still kind of tough in order them for the make for them to be paid or to make money, but uh, you got to jump through a lot of hoops in order for them to get to paid. But that's just another great example of what the positive parts of the NIL are. So you, you see these players transferring or go or coming out of high school or maybe junior college and getting large chunks of money as, as the media tells it there, there's another part to this NIL. Uh, can you tell us about the different parts of the NIL and how it benefits the uh, student athlete? You just kind of, you set it up on a tee for me. It, you know, first of all, let's get one thing straight. There's only five power conference. We have one girl, one girl, mind you, at Oklahoma State that makes six figures. We have no other student athlete that I know of at this time making six figures. And the one girl makes it because of herself and how creative she's been on Instagram, TikTok, and she is literally a social media influencer. She has over a million followers. And she is receiving financial gain because of her creativity and no one's else's. Now, she runs track for us. Uh, she's a good little runner. Uh, she's not an All-American by any means. But she figured out in the pandemic, she figured out her space or her niche in this world. And she's our little version of the Kardashians. I will sit here and tell you that the big dollars that you hear about, it's almost like uh, when Mark Twain said... I, I, You'll have to help me here. But he said, the story of my death has been greatly exaggerated. The media has really blown up. Are there young men and ladies making six figures? Absolutely. The little girl from LSU, Olivia, last week, I had seen where she's making three, 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 four, four million dollars. And my wife will get on a website to buy athletic apparel. I, there'll be a picture of her on there. And I think it's fantastic. I think it's absolutely awesome. Little girl at LSU that plays for them. that was so good. Got a car. Uh, at the end of the year, absolutely fantastic. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because in Springfield, Missouri, just like a lot of places, Stillwater, Oklahoma is a great example. You know, we're limited with professional sports in our area. If you're going to go professional sports, you've got to get to Kansas City or St. Louis and Stillwater. Obviously, it's it's uh, the thunder for us in Oklahoma City. But you have probably as great a chance to sell an item or gain notoriety that if you were to get Kelly Maxwell from women's softball, our All-American pitcher, to do more good for you than probably 90% of the Thunder players. And she would have a better ripple effect in this state than that. I would say, without a doubt, the same for OU softball and what their women's program has done. You know, they're sitting here, they've lost one game all year long and number one in the country. So in Oklahoma right now, the most popular sport is not OU or Oklahoma State football. It's OSU and OU softball. So what are some examples of some of the students that aren't making the, uh, the the big bulk of money, the big bag? 
what are some examples of how NIL can help a uh, the defensive lineman for the football team or the uh, goalie for the soccer team? Absolutely. Well, we've had uh, young men and young ladies that have made uh, birthday party appearances. Uh, they've left voicemails and have a great day or something. We have a little girl here that uh, uh, gets a free coffee every day at Aspen Coffee because she'll post when she goes into Aspen and she'll talk about the byproducts of that. Uh, we've had autograph signings at some of the uh, the grocery stores throughout the state. Uh, we've had a lot of gift in kind stuff. It just let your imagination begin. And people say, how far is NIL going to go? And I, and I like to tell people we just started. It's just now starting. And I think what you need to hear and what people listening to your podcast need to hear, when I go in and I talk to somebody about the NIL, the first words out of my mouth are, how can we make you more money? Specifically, when I'm dealing with businesses, to me, that is the most important thing because, Brent, when I first got the job, everybody thought I was walking into their business to ask for money. And that's why I wouldn't take the job. I told them I didn't want to be a fundraiser. I'm not a fundraiser. I'm still an educator and still a coach. And I'm just teaching a whole new topic out there in the realm of sports. So if you have a, an outfielder for the baseball team there at OSU and you're going to try to help set him up or her up for the softball team, what, what are some of the steps that you go through with them to help get them uh, associated with some people that can help them on those jobs and some payment? Let me give you a, a story. I'll, I'll just give you a great example. So I'm playing golf Monday in a uh, coaches versus cancer golf tournament. And in my group, there's a guy out of Oklahoma City that is the sponsor of a running club that is sponsored by his his and his wife's coffee shop. And he asked me, can I get a female and a male athlete to come in and give us a clinic and sign an NIL deal with them next fall prior to running season? And I said, absolutely, that is NIL. That's how that happens. So this young lady, this young man will run down to Oklahoma City. They'll put on a clinic and they may make anywhere from 250 to you know $500 for two to three hours putting on a clinic. We are contacted constantly by people all the time. Uh, we had a young man on our baseball team that was contacted last week. Uh, we have a all-natural popsicle place here in town, and they he went to the village and signed autographs while everybody bought popsicles. And then he was picked up at that time by a realty and uh, picked up for a realtor firm. And so it, it just – Brent, it's anything and everything, to be honest. And Springfield, of all places, uh, would be probably one of the greatest places to be uh, a student athlete now because there's so many venues there in which the athletes can make the business a lot more popular. So some of the uh, like the baseball clubs, the volleyball clubs, the track clubs, they can now go out and hire college student athletes to uh, help them coach, give lessons, do clinics and, and stuff like that, that they couldn't previously do? You can do every one of them but golf. For some reason, the, uh, the PGA uh, still will not let uh, <clears throat> golfers do clinics and give lessons. Makes them but every other sport, absolutely. Matter of fact, our football team now has satellite camps all, of, all across the state of Oklahoma in which they're putting little kids to high school uh, student athletes through clinics and stuff. It's all the sports that are being able to do that, which is really neat. So can NIL benefit any student at any level, basically, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and uh, NAIA JUCO? 
it can and now in most states it can high school students as well. So if you have a high school student in the state of Missouri, state of Arkansas, state of Texas, state of Oklahoma, uh, those young men, those young ladies can be able to pay to do a clinic. Could also be in the state of Oklahoma. We have a Ford dealership here that sponsored student athletes from the Mustang High School football and cheerleading squad. And uh, they got an NIL deal and did an advertisement. And at that time, when I watched the advertisement, I thought that was really special. And I thought, you know what? They're supporting their local high school team. If I lived in that community, I would buy a Ford from them. Do the students have to go through a website or do they have to go through an administrator like you at either the college or the high school? How do, how do they do this on their own or how do they go and get help? Every NIL deal that they make in, to be in compliance, they, they come in and they'll tell the compliance officer or they'll, they'll tell us. But most all of our students have a platform in which they sign into and most of the platforms now are how they get paid. So instead of a, a cash or a check, an organization will pay. Right now, we have a platform called Open Doors that they will pay it, and it will go into their bank account through Open Doors or whatever avenue that the student athlete is signed up for. And and I've seen that uh, where there's links a lot of times on a roster on a website where the, uh, a somebody can click on it, and there may be a list of things that that student athlete can do, like you said. A, come to a birthday party, come uh, a, a practice, and then they get they get paid for doing that. So some schools have that right there on the uh, on the roster. If they don't have it on there, they're behind. Everybody has that opportunity, most likely, uh, that that athlete, in some way or another, if you're trying to find out if you've got a daughter or a son that their favorite athlete, uh, that they want to do an opportunity or have a greeting or a birthday party or a special appearance, autograph signing, you can all go through the website and do that. On the NIL, we've talked about a lot. What are some other things that maybe we left out that maybe uh, families and student athletes would want to know about NIL? Well, I, I think the biggest challenge is educate yourself. Don't judge a book by its cover because when people hear the words NIL now, everybody wants to get upset. They want to say that we're paying college athletes to play and things like this. Uh, the parents need to understand that in the recruiting process that there's no coach our administrator or anybody representing the institution can tell that recruit or its family members that that recruit will make such and such amount of money if they come to their institution. Now, is that being done? It absolutely is being done. And at this time, the NCAA is not doing anything about it. So until the NCAA actually does something and stands up to do what they're supposed to do, it will continue to be that way as everybody's explained the wild, wild west. But it's not the wild, wild west here. We are, uh, we're following it to the T. You're finding out that in, even in Oklahoma, uh, we have a bill here right now. Most of the states are going to legislation that is taking the NCAA out of the picture. And uh, this is my thought, my thought only. This is not a representation of any educational or athletic institution I've ever been a part of. But I think we're looking at the onslaught of the NCAA will no longer, especially in football and college basketball, will be the governing body for those two sports. Yeah, you're going to see some uh, mega conferences or mega organizations go and and probably split off. And I, I have those thoughts, too. That's just kind of a gut feeling for down the, down the roads. Well, Brent, I, I will say this. It's just like student athletes need to be loved and they need to, they need to have structure and discipline. That goes the same for institutions. We know our fans love us, but we need structure and we need discipline. And that is not being provided right now 
in any shape or form unless it's through your administration. And we're fortunate that our administration here is extremely structured and extremely disciplined. Well, and whether a student athlete gets money or not, there are still advantages to uh, to being a college student athlete, uh, lessons that you learn and experiences that you have. So I would encourage people not to base their playing of a college sport at any level on just whether they're getting some NIL money, but NIL money is nice and, and can help pay some expenses and and uh, get you in a better situation after you graduate and, and start in your per- professional career. Brent, it's just like anywhere else. If you want to be paid, you better be good. If you want to be at the top, you better be good. And I, I go back to the young lady here that's making six figures at Oklahoma State. She found a way to do this, and she works at it. And there's not a day go by that when she is not on the in the classroom or on the track that she is constantly worrying about her brand and marketing her cert, herself each and every day. And it's hard work. And there's no free money out there. There's just not. The best part of this NIL today, in my opinion, is that for all those parents that have done all those car rides and drives to club tournaments or practice or paid for private lessons or done this or done that and hung in there, now all of a sudden that their daughter or their son has an opportunity to make a little money because the majority of these student athletes that are playing, regardless of what level, are not going on to play professional sports. And if this gives them the opportunity to make a little bit of money, that's uh, it's very beneficial. Well, I'm going to tell the uh, people that are listening that I texted uh, Barry about two hours ago, and uh, we he said, "Well, let's get let's get on right now." So I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to ask you one more question, Barry. Uh, recruit me in the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Uh, our goal is to educate student athletes on recruiting and on being successful once they get to a, a spot on a team at college. So can you give the Recruit Me families and student athletes uh, maybe one recruiting tip or one thing that you have from your experience on how to handle being a college athlete? No, I can't, I can't give you one thing at all because I <laughs> well, think we don't I We don't have parents. time for, for, for your yeah. whole uh, – Yeah, I, I, I've watched parents – be so involved with student athletes in their recruitment that they've actually cost the recruitment of their student athletes. So there are no secrets. Uh, there is no magic potion. There's enough film out there. There's nothing wrong with a parent uh, contacting a coach, sending them video or whatever. But most of the time, these uh, services that parents sign up for that promise that they'll get them in front of college coaches or this and that, that's got scam written all over it. I know very few of those uh, that actually work. The scouting services that we paid attention to when I was coaching uh, were reputable. And these were guys that would actually go to the AAU events and sit there and watch and grade these players out. There are no hidden treasures. Everybody knows there's too much on the internet now. When somebody's good enough, they're going to be known. If you're not getting a scholarship or you're not having an opportunity to get a scholarship, the odds are your son or daughter, believe it or not, is just not good enough to receive a scholarship. And it's not the high school coach's fault or the club coach's fault or anybody that gave your son or daughter lessons. It's not their fault. It's just the same thing that my coach used to tell me on the basketball floor. Son, there's a reason you're open and we don't need you shooting the ball. (laughs) And it's just the hard fact that sometimes you just might not be good enough to get something, and that's okay. And I would ask parents, please, just like I said a while ago, kids want to be loved, they want structure, and they want discipline. And if you'll do that with your children, then that's all that matters. And if they'll give you their best, 
That's all you could ever ask for them. And we do not gauge success by any way, shape, or form if our sons or daughters get scholarships. That has nothing to do with the meter that says successful or unsuccessful. Well, you brought up a good, good, a whole nother topic. If you're not good enough like you and I, be a coach or be a student manager, right? Absolutely. I have so many parents call me all the time. My son, my daughter does not want to go and play at the junior college, NAIA, Division II level. They don't want to do that. They want to go to a big school. They want to be a part of the athletic department. And I said, fantastic. They want to do that. Try to get in there on the very first day of school and say, can I be a manager? Can I help in any way? What can I do to help? Can I volunteer my first year and work my way into that? And that all of a sudden gives an opportunity. Some of the greatest basketball coaches were managers in college. The guy that just took the group from Florida to the Final Four was a manager. And uh, Bruce Weber was a manager in college. Most of those guys, are they know hard work. They know how. They're great listeners, and they become great coaches. Well, I had a great experience, and I think it's uh, with Coach Spoonhour, and I think that's what's kind of driven me to try to get my kids involved and stay involved in sports as long as they can and, and get to go places and meet people and you know, I got to meet a guy that uh, you're real familiar with, Henry Iba, uh, through Coach Spoonhour, and and I'll, I'll never forget that experience. Any experience, if you're involved with the team, whether you're playing or sitting on the bench, watching, washing towels or folding towels, is, is a great experience. I appreciate you jumping on today, and there's going to be another subject sometime that I'll get a hold of you and maybe make you a yearly uh, guest on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Okay, Brent. Have a great day, and thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you to Coach Barry Henson, the director of NIL at Oklahoma State University. Since we went longer than normal, I'm just going to invite you to go to recruit-me.com and sign up for the free recruiting power pack. And also listen in next Tuesday for another episode of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the world's longest running recruiting education podcast.